Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. How is everybody tonight? It's like four freaky people doing well and the others. The others will be all right at the end of the service, right? Yeah, awesome. I'm really excited about the message tonight. We're going to finish our series uh, commissioned, uh, and we're going to commission you <laughs> uh, to do mighty things for God. Um, you know, this week um, I was, in my thoughts, I went back about 30 years. <laughs> When you're 50, you can do that. <laughs> uh, when I was in the Bible college, uh, I had a, uh, um, we, we had an amazing Bible college president, Um, and before that, he was a pastor of a significant church in New York City. Um, but when I was in, in the Bible college, he was, he was probably my age at that time, probably a little older. Uh, so I thought he was an old man. <laughs> uh, but on one, there was one chapel service I will never forget. Uh, we had the chapel services every day, about 400 students in the room. And everybody was, um, I think on this occasion, everybody was just tired. School exams, you know, I mean, you work with the Bible and there is Holy Spirit and praise and everything, but you still get tired. And so he took the mic and he said, don't give up. Do not give up. Don't, do not ever give up. Don't quit. And he went just saying the same thing. Don't give up. Do not, do not give up. Don't ever give up. Don't quit. He, he kept saying that for about 15 minutes. He said nothing else. For 15 minutes, he said, look, don't give up. And by the end of the 15 minutes, everybody was on their feet and clapping and like crying. Like, no, we will not give up, you know. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> uh, he died three days ago at the age of 98. At the age of 98, he went to be with the Lord about three days ago. And I went back in my mind, back to Dr. Crandall's message, do not give up. And I said, Lord, it might not be easy all the time, but I go back to my commitment on that day. I will not give up. I'm not, I am not going to give up. I said it too many times. I'm not going to give up. I will not quit by the grace of God. So I want to encourage you. Let's keep up the legacy of Dr. Crandall and let's not give up. Amen. I hope it ministered to someone. Uh, we're going to finish um, our series tonight, and uh, we called it the Commissioned Series. And we talk about the Great Commission. Uh, and hopefully we have uh, the passage of the Scripture from Matthew 28, uh, the Great Commission. Uh, this is something that we talk about every Sunday for the last four Sundays. And this is what it says, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And by the way, this is not just for the missionaries. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for evangelists. It is for every single child of God on the planet. Every disciple of Jesus on the planet. Is that all right? This is what it says. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end. 
Now, I want to say that we are a family on a mission. I love the fact that we are family, we're friends. There is, uh, you know, there's great connections. We give high fives to one another, you know. We eat together sometimes when we come to church, uh, when we come to new to church meeting after the church. We eat pizza, right? We eat together. We meet in small groups and e-groups, become friends. But hey, we are a family, but we are a family on a mission. We're not just hanging out. We have a mission. We have, we have a mandate. We have a commission that Jesus gave us. We are a bunch of friends on a journey together. And as we do that, we want to bring other people on the same journey with us. Uh, and for us, this is not what we just read. It's not just theology. It's a lifestyle. This is something we believe and also something we live out. Um, and so basically, Jesus says, go. Can we say this together? Go. go. That's what he said. And then he says, as you go, take a disciple with you. All right. That's discipleship. Make disciples. As you go, take someone with you. Take a disciple with you. And then he says, as you go, while you go, talk about the kingdom. That is teach. And then he says, and bring people to a confession. That is water baptism. So go. As you go, take someone with you, a disciple. And as you, as you go together, talk about the kingdom of God. That's teach. And as you do that, don't forget, baptize them. Bring them to an encounter with God, to a covenant with God, to confession of faith. It's, it's that simple. That is our homework. One day we'll come to heaven and we're going to be asked if we've done our homework. This is our homework. This is the commission he left us. As the church corporately, but also individually, all of one of us. So we're going to finish the series with the fourth thing in this commission. And that is baptize. It is, it is an exciting topic. And I want to say in the beginning, because I've preached this baptism thing um, in some other places as well. And I find like when I say I'm going to preach about baptism. There is like 90% of the congregation that goes like oh I can take a nap. Because I've been baptized. Yeah? So How many of you have been baptized by now? Yeah? Don't take a nap. <laughs> Don't take a nap. I have an important thing to say to you at the end of the message. All right? Don't take a nap. Don't miss it. There is something exciting uh, at the end of the message, there is something exciting. But uh, for some of you, this will be a refresher. For someone, this is, this is going to be like going deeper in the revelation, in the understanding what water baptism actually is. For some of you, it may be a first time kind of an experience, first time of an encounter with uh, the whole baptism uh, challenge that Jesus gave us. And for some of you, I'm going to keep it to the end of the message. But, you know, I've been to uh, Israel, uh, to uh, the place where Jesus was uh, supposedly baptized, uh, to the Jordan River. And to be honest, I was a bit discouraged. I was like uh, disappointed, you know, like this. It's just, the, you know, it, it's not Danube. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little stream, uh, pretty dirty, actually. It's like desert water, you know. 
Um, it's like, so what's so special about the water of the Jordan River? Nothing. It's not the water that cleanses you from your sins. It's the blood of Jesus. Okay. The water is a powerful declaration of this revelation that you have made a covenant with God. Going into the waters of baptism, there's nothing mystical, magical about it. It's a confession that something has happened inside of us. That we've been washed by the blood of Jesus. We are not washed by the waters of baptism. You are washed by the blood of Jesus. And you declare it by the waters of baptism. Now, two weeks ago, I was preaching in England. And at the end of my message, we actually had a water baptism. I love water baptisms. I, I love those. Uh, the, the, those are some of the most special moments. Um, and there were two couples uh, getting baptized. And both of them, uh, the ladies, they had uh, grown up in that church um, in, in their early years, teenage years. But somehow they drifted away from the Lord. Uh, they got married in the meantime. And now they were testifying that they came back to the Lord. And their husbands came to Jesus as well. And not only that, both of them were pregnant. <laughs> so it was like six people were baptized. You only so far, but six of... It was, such, it was such a beautiful testimony of God's grace, His faithfulness. Even if we are unfaithful, He remains faithful. He always moves me. Um, um, you know, it, it all starts in the book of Acts. When you read the book of Acts, that is the documented lifestyle, the chronicle of the early church. The first generation of Christians. And that's probably the closest to the blueprint that God has for us, the 21st century church. Amen? Amen. So in the book of Acts, in chapter 2, in Jerusalem, Peter preaches the message. 3,000 people get saved. And they all get baptized and they join the church. Then in chapter 8 uh, in Samaria, there is a revival. Philip is the evangelist and there is a revival. And there is a number of men and women that come to the Lord and they get baptized after they hear him preaching the good news. Now, if you continue in the same chapter, there is also a spectacular incident of Philip uh, baptizing a, a, uh, a guy from Ethiopia, a eunuch who was in the royal services. And he believes the gospel and he's getting baptized on the spot. Chapter 9, uh, it's Damascus in Syria. Saul encounters Jesus and he is baptized and he becomes a disciple. Chapter 10, in Caesarea, Cornelius, a Roman guy, he and his household... That is hungry after the word of God. They repent after Peter is preaching and they get baptized. Are you getting the idea? Chapter 16, uh, we get to Philippi, the first city in Europe uh, where, where Paul brings the gospel. Uh, and there is Lydia, uh, a, a lady, a business uh, lady. And she, she, she uh, with her household, they invite Paul uh, and he preaches the gospel and they all get baptized. In the same chapter, later chapter 16, there is a jailer uh, who also, under dramatic circumstances, accepts the gospel and he's baptized. And finally, chapter 18, in the city of Corinth, 
Uh, there is a synagogue ruler, ruler a, a, a uh, devout religious leader. His name was Crispus. He gets baptized. Are you getting the idea? In, in the first book uh, after, after the resurrection, uh, the chronicle of the first church, we read about water baptism as being a significant uh, uh, threshold. A threshold uh, on, on someone's journey uh, to salvation. So I want to say three things in this message. Here is number one. Simply follow Jesus. All right. Simply follow Jesus. You know, baptism is really the first uh, public step in personal discipleship. Water baptism is the first thing we do if we want to follow Jesus, really. It's, uh, it's, it's the initial step of following Jesus after someone becomes uh, a Jesus follower. Uh, being a disciple really means doing what your master has done. Kind of walking in his footsteps. Where he walked, I walk. What he did, I do. What he spoke, I speak. That means being a disciple. I follow what he does. And it's amazing to see that Jesus himself, he went to the water of baptism. He didn't, if there was ever a person on this planet that didn't need to get water baptized, it was Jesus. He was holy. He was God. Sinless. No sin in his life. No sin that he would inherit no sin that he would commit himself. Zero. He was holy. And yet, he comes to uh, the Jordan as John the baptizer is baptizing people. And when he comes there, uh, there's crowds of people, hundreds of people getting baptized. And, and they do that because they wanted to show uh, that they're sincere, sincerely repenting. And, and it, was a, it was a revival. It was a... A revivalist gathering. And so he comes there. And, and when John sees him, he says, no, 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 no. no. Uh, you should be baptizing me. He understood that Jesus doesn't need baptism. He says, you should be baptizing me. But Jesus says in Matthew 3.15, this was his response. Let it be so now. For this is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, Jesus said, I understand but I'm going to do it still because I, I, I want to show something. And, and the reason Jesus got water baptized is because he identified with us. Uh, he identified with us. He came to the waters as one of us, as a son of man. He came, he took the title son of man to identify with us. And that's how he went into the waters. Not as the son of God. He went into the waters as a son of man. Uh, this step he made as one of us. Now this blows my mind away. He took this humble act. He did this humble step to show us an example. He identified with us. He did it as a precedent for us. He did it as an example to follow. He did it for us to model the way, to show us the way so that we could do it like he did it. And so our journey 
of following Jesus begins in the waters of baptism. As you believe in Jesus, as you commit to Jesus, as you become a Jesus follower, that's the first public step on your journey. You go into the waters and you get baptized. Why? Because Jesus did that. He did it before his ministry started. He did it before he would do mighty, wonderful things and the miracles and, and the messages and the preaching and the crowds. First, he got baptized. And that's our simple act of obedience and simplicity. So that's number one. Simply, say it with me, simply follow Jesus. Come look at the name of them. Hey, simply follow Jesus. Now, early this year, I'm just going to sidetrack a little bit. Uh, there was, uh, uh, I think, a bit of a revival in the, in the Pacific um, o- part of the ocean um, in, in, um, in the States. Um, thousands of people were getting baptized, young people were getting baptized in the ocean. Uh, uh, and it was... Uh, just a wonderful move of God. Thousands of young people, university students, some of them drug addicts that got saved. And maybe some of you saw the Jesus Revolution movie earlier this year. Yeah, uh, It was like, you know, decades later, the same type of revival happening. And I believe that God is doing something fresh in our time, especially with the young people. And I'm believing for a wave through Budapest as well. Amen. We're going to rent the Danube River <laughs> for a baptism service. Amen. I would like to, I'd like to, I'd like to go to the ocean, but it's a bit far. But we can rent the river. <laughs> Simply follow Jesus. Number two, declare Him boldly. Amen. Declare Him boldly. You know, baptism is... Uh, An unforgettable experience. I will never forget the day that I got baptized. Two reasons. Number one, I was totally wet. (laughs) I was totally, I'll never forget that. It was, it was, uh, it it was not like the next day, like, was I really baptized? Was I not? I was, I was totally wet from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I was totally wet. it was a, I was a 12-year-old teenager, timid, shy, a lot of people around me. But I will never forget that. It was a courageous step, a bold confession for a young guy to go into the waters. For uh, my wife, Marta, uh, she was baptized in a secret uh, underground church during communism type of a baptism. Uh, it was in the forest Probably, it was, we all knew it was not secret because about a thousand people were in the forest. <laughs> so the government secret agents knew that something was happening there. We, we knew that some of them are in the crowd. Uh, and it was a forbidden meeting and eventually some people even went to jail. Uh, but it took courage to confess Jesus. You know, for, for many of us, uh, because of your family situation... It takes courage. I was talking to a, a, a gentleman this morning. Uh, he suffered so much hate and persecution from his loved ones because of his baptism. So for many of us, there is, there is, uh, it takes courage and faith and determination to confess Jesus in the waters of baptism. 
For me, I had such uh, attacks on the day of my baptism, uh, physical attacks. It would be a long story to explain. I will never, that's the second reason I will never forget my baptism day. But here we go. There is no gray zone. I've been to the water. I was wet. I know I was baptized. I declare Jesus. The witnesses saw it. The heavens noted. And even the demons saw it. There's no turning back. You can't change that past. I was baptized. Nobody can take that chapter out of my life. I made the declaration. I signed my covenant with God. See, in Jesus' baptism, He identified with us. In our baptism, we identify with Him. Do you believe that? In Jesus' baptism, He acted like one of us. In our baptism, we act like sons of God. We identified with Him. The Bible says that we were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. Romans 6.4 So when you go into the waters of baptism, you identify with what Jesus did on the cross. He died, He was buried, and He was resurrected. That is the symbol of baptism. You, you, you've died to sin. You've died to the world. You've died to the sinful nature. You've died to the enemy, to Satan. And you go into the water and that's the burial. That's like identifying with the burial of Jesus. And you come out of the waters symbolizing the freshness of new life. And Jesus is resurrection. Come on. Amen. Somebody should say it. Somebody yeah. should get a little excited. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> See, the water baptism is the best gospel drama. We have some drama guys here. Doing skits on the streets and in the parks. The water baptism, I think, is the best gospel drama. We reenact what Jesus did publicly. Each time somebody goes under the water and gets out of the water, we play the gospel out. The death of Jesus, the burial of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. This is proclaimed each time somebody's getting baptized. Wow. Imagine Jesus sitting on the throne at the right hand of the Father, seeing people confessing his name by baptism. And he's like, well, that's what I did. They are declaring my message. The gospel is being preached each time somebody goes under the water. It's a visible, res uh, a visible demonstration of the gospel. Uh, death and life. The cross and the empty tomb. Hallelujah. So baptism is the most simple and yet the most powerful confession of faith you can make. And I love what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 32. He says, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. So Jesus is like, that, this person is mine. He's confessing me. I'm confessing him. I'm, he is mine. He belongs to me. And he would say, in Jesus' name. <laughs> He's mine. 
Maybe he doesn't need to say in Jesus' name. <laughs> Here is number three. Join the family. Join the family. Uh, in baptism, we don't just declare uh, our salvation. We, just, we don't just follow Jesus. We don't just declare him boldly. We also join his family. Uh, we actually declare that we are becoming a part of his family. Uh, you know, Jesus is the head. We are the body. The church is connected uh, to the head, to Jesus in a powerful way, spiritually by the Holy Spirit, but also by relationships in his family. We're connected. You and me, we're connected through Jesus. We've got the same blood flowing through our veins, the blood of Jesus. We're connected. And baptism is the, is, the, is the welcome party to the family. When somebody's getting baptized, this is our celebration. Welcome to the family. This is our party, the welcome party for someone who, uh, who was just born again into the family of God. Baptism is a manifestation of that. And we are not just joining the global mystical family of Jesus. We're joining the local family of God. The local church. That's why we believe the local church. We believe in the local church. It's important to have a local expression of the body of Christ. You know, I've got good friends, really good brothers and sisters on the other, part, on the, on the other end of the globe. We get on really well. They're, they're in New Zealand. I see them once a year. We get on perfect. I got some other brothers and sisters, and they're in my small group. And we got issues. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, right? So it's important not just to be connected with your global family of God. You got to be connected with your local family of God. And as you get baptized, this is your welcome party. Not just to global family of Jesus, but also to your local family of Jesus. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, 41, this is when Peter is preaching the message and 3,000 people are baptized. And this is, this is what it says. Those who received his word were baptized and they were added, meaning to the church. They became a part of the uh, church in Jerusalem, the Jerusalem equippers. That's not in the Bible necessarily. <laughs> So baptism is a manifestation of us becoming uh, a, a, a part of uh, the family of God. So uh, it's, it's the baby shower. You do baby showers in your family. So a baby is born and we put a party to celebrate the arrival of a new baby to the family. Baptism is just that. It's the uh, passage rite. We welcome this new kid into the family of God. We did that always with our boys. Uh, it's a party. No more. It's just grandsons now and granddaughters. Hallelujah. So let me recap as the band joins me on the stage. <clears throat> uh, the water baptism is a physical act that carries spiritual weight, revelation. I've joined the family of God. It also explains that I'm declaring the name of Jesus boldly. Uh, it's not a secret. 
I, courageous, I, I courageously uh, declare that Jesus is my Lord. It's a public declaration. And it's also a simple step of obedience. I'm going to follow what Jesus did. I'm going to do the same. Now, um, if you haven't been baptized yet, I have good news. We're going to do a water baptism soon. Uh, we're going to find a creative way how to do it. We don't necessarily have a jacuzzi on the stage here. And the water will be frozen in the river soon. But we'll find a creative way how to do a water baptism. But I want to encourage you to sign up. If you haven't been water baptized yet, um, the only thing, two things you need. You need a faith in Jesus, a saving faith in Jesus. You, you need to know that actually you've been washed by his blood. The second thing you need is you need to close your nose as you go under the water. It's as simple as that, all right? If you haven't been water baptized yet, let me encourage you to get water baptized. You'll never forget that. It's going to be, it's going to be like, uh, you know, for the nation of Israel, they went out of Egypt into the promised land. And there was a baptism experience. They went through the Red Sea. God split the sea. They all went through the waters. And you know how many times in the Old Testament they were reminded of that. You are the God who parted the sea. They, they never forgot their baptism. It was, it was part of their history. It was, it was their never forget moment. And just like for them, for us, when you go into the waters, it's going to be your, I will never forget type of a moment. Something that, you know, you will, you know, the enemy will want to take you out. He, he's going to want to discourage you. But you can always go like, it's there. I've made my confession. I've made my covenant with God. And I stand on it. I come back. Now, if you have been baptized, I have this second challenge for you. And that's the challenge I was talking about in the beginning. My question is, in the next baptism service, who are you going to baptize? You know, baptism is not just for the pastors. It's for all of us. It says, go therefore make disciples, baptizing them. It's for all of us. Now imagine we have our next baptism service. And you have your friend that you've led to the Lord. And you're like, Pastor Miro, uh, this, is, this is my guy. And we will baptize together this new believer in Jesus. And, and one day you're going to stand with Jesus. And, and Jesus is going to say, thank you for leading this person to faith. So my question for you, if you have been baptized, who are you going to baptize in the next baptism service? And I want to challenge you, you know, bring your friends to Jesus. Bring your friends to a covenant with God. Bring your friends to a confession with Jesus. We all have a circle of friends. And the most important thing we can do with them is lead them to Jesus. So that's my challenge to you. When we have our baptism service next time, wouldn't it be wonderful if you were one of those people that are baptizing 
not just being baptized, but you're baptizing. Come on, anybody excited for that? Wouldn't it be amazing if, if there is like, wow, it's not just Miro baptizing someone, but it's actually wow, one, two, three, four, ten people are baptizing their friends as a declaration of faith because they've shared Jesus with someone and they made a commitment to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I felt that this is what Jesus is telling us. And if we could just stand as we close. He says, I went to the waters for you. Will you go to the water for me? This is for those of us that haven't been baptized yet. I went to the waters for you. Will you go to the water for me? It is as simple as that. And for those of us that have been baptized, I believe Jesus is saying, I went to the cross for them. Will you, will you bring them to the waters for me? Are you getting that? Jesus went to the cross. You don't have to go to the cross for your friends. Jesus already did that. But you can lead them to Jesus. And you can lead them to the baptism. If we can just close our eyes and just come before God. And this is a holy moment right now. I want to just uh, invite you right now. As we close this message. I want to invite you to work with Jesus. To partner with Jesus. Partner with the Holy Spirit. In His amazing mission. In the Great Commission. He did the most. He did the 99%. He paid the price. He went, on the, he went to the cross. He died. He was resurrected. We only take from the benefits of the cross for us and for our friends. So I want to just use this moment. And I really sense the Holy Spirit in the room right now. Just giving us a burden for our friends, for our family, for our neighbors. And... And he's not just, he's, he, he doesn't do that to convict you or, you know, to, to do it kind of to blame you for something. But he's going to burden you for them. He's going to give you a burden. And, and he's also going to give you uh, an empowering, an anointing, a love, and also a way how to explain the gospel to them. He's going to give you... He's going to give you a love in your heart that you cannot stop. Like Paul said, the love of God compels me. The love of God compels me. Hallelujah. I wonder if we could just raise our hands to Jesus. And like we were singing earlier, I give, I give all my life to you. I give all that I have to you. I give it all to you. I give all that I have to you. Let's make this Let's make this our uh, commitment today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. For the sake of the city, Lord. For the sake of our families. For the sake of our friends, Lord. I pray that you would use us in the salvation story, God. I pray that you would use us, Father, to bring salvation to many people, Lord. And we're believing, Lord, that when we have our next baptism, Lord, 
that there will be many people baptized, not because there were two or three pastors, but because there is a number, a number of people that are bringing their friends to Jesus. God, we pray for that. We pray for a revival, Jesus, in this city. We pray, Lord, that our friends would come to know you, God. We pray, Jesus, that you would multiply the number of disciples in this house. For your name's sake, God, for the sake of the cross and for the sake of the salvation and eternity of our friends. Yes, Lord. Father, we pray for favor with our friends and with our family. We pray for open hearts and we pray for courage to bring the gospel to them. And so in Jesus' name tonight, I commission you, church, to go to make disciples, to baptize them and to teach them the kingdom. I commission you to go. I commission you to baptize them. I commission you to make disciples. I commission you to tell the good news in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And he said, I will be with you. The presence of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on you as you go. And even right now as we are here, I release a fresh, um, a fresh presence of the Holy Spirit for you, a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit for you. It's not by your mind, by your power. It's by His Spirit that we accomplish His mission. Thank you, Lord. So wherever you are, just give room. To, let's give room to the Holy Spirit right now.